0: Hello, my friends, I got a simple question for you. Why did the entire establishment apologize and regret standing for an ovation for a 98-year-old Nazi? But why can so few of them muster any criticism for 20-year-28-year-old Nazis who are at all these Hamas hate rallies? Why the double standard? I'll, I'll look into that. But first, let me invite you to become a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's how you see the video version of this program. You know, I've got so many video clips in today's show. I really want you to see them. Otherwise, you're going to miss out. Go to rebelnewsplus.com. Click subscribe. It's 8 bucks a month. And you know that helps build our company because we don't take any money from Trudeau. We're, we're, we're pretty rare that way. Pretty much every other journalist in the country, 99.9% take money from Trudeau. And it shows. And our independence, that's because of you. Please go to rebelnewsplus.com. All right, here's today's podcast. Tonight, why did the liberals distance themselves from a 98-year-old Nazi but won't condemn 20-year-old Hamas supporters? It's October 19th and this is the Ezra Levant show. <laughs> Why did the liberals distance themselves from a 98-year-old Nazi, but won't condemn 20-year-old Hamas supporters who believe and say the same things? It feels like an eternity, but it wasn't even a month ago. The Canada's Parliament gave a standing ovation to an actual World War II Nazi SS officer named Yaroslav Hanka. Remember this?
1: We have here in the chamber today Ukrainian Canadians, Ukrainian Canadian world veteran from the Second World War who fought the Ukrainian independence against the Russians and continues to support the troops today, even at his age of 98. <laughs> His name is Yaroslav Hunka. And uh, I was going to say he's in the gallery, but I think you beat me to that. (laughs) But I'm very proud to say that he is from North Bay and from my riding of (laughs) Nipissing-Tomiskaming. He's a Ukrainian hero, a Canadian hero, and we thank him for all his service. Thank you.
0: That immediately sounded odd, but I'm willing to cut some MPs some slack, they might not have been listening carefully to ask the obvious question, well hang on, who would have been fighting against the Russians in the Second World War? Oh yeah, right, the Nazis. You've surely been in an event where someone in authority, an MC, in this case the Speaker of the House, introduces someone in a manner obviously designed to get applause, they're an honored guest, and so you're only half listening, so you go along with everyone else. I mean, have you ever done that in the theater? You might not have on your own given a standing ovation, but everyone else did. So you do. You didn't want to look small. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a double standard, of course. So for some of the people in that room, i give them a pass. But not all of them, because they certainly don't give a pass to conservatives who accidentally take a picture next to someone wearing an embarrassing shirt, let's say. The major exception to this, of course, was Christian Freeland, who would have absolutely known exactly who Yaroslav Hanka would have been, because... Uh, You know, her own grandfather had been a Nazi from the same place who somehow managed to sneak into Canada after the war, despite being a Nazi. So Freeland would have known. And I think Karina Gould, who seems to have had a private chat and photo op with the Nazis, so no moral immunity for them. But after a few days, they all pretty much admitted it was wrong to have given him a standing ovation. They all scapegoated the Speaker of the House, who fell on his sword and claimed it was him and only him who knew anything about the Nazi, not the Prime Minister's office who were stage managing Vladimir Zelensky's uh, visit, not the RCMP who were checking the identity of everyone in the room for security. No, no, no. It was just the speaker, no one else, sure. But that's my point. They were all embarrassed, well, maybe except Christian Freeland and I guess Trudeau, who apologized on behalf of Canadians, but certainly not on behalf of himself. He never does. But they all agreed. Nazis bad okay fine so why is a 98 year old Nazi bad but the kind of new Nazis we're seeing in reaction to the Hamas Israel war why is that not being condemned by Ottawa in the same way in fact why is it being ignored or even uh, even supported perhaps the craziest example was an anti-semitism conference in Ottawa a few days ago just to be clear it was a conference against anti-semitism and outside the conference, were pro Hamas activists chanting against Jews, literally protesting against a conference on anti-Semitism. They're not even pretending that it was about Israel or some geographical quarrel halfway around the world. They just hate Jews in Ottawa or anywhere. Trudeau and the other party leaders spoke at that conference, but none of them condemned the Hamas protesters outside. In fact. Police told the Jews inside the exit in, inside the conference that they would have to exit out the back doors. The police protected the anti-semites, told the Jews to leave through the cook's door. Maybe you've seen our reporter Lincoln Jay in Ottawa recently. Here he is a few days ago politely asking Omar Al-Gabra why he won't condemn Hamas. This is a former senior Trudeau minister.
1: My name's Lincoln Jay, I work with Rebel News. Just one quick question. Do you condemn the recent terrorist attacks committed by Hamas? Do you condemn the terrorist attacks committed by Hamas? Why do you think so many people here in Canada are trying to justify these terrorist attacks? You have no comment. You have no comments.
0: Huh. And here's Lincoln Jay today asking the same questions of Anita Anand. Oh, no big deal. Just our former Minister of Defense who won't condemn terrorists.
1: My name's Lincoln Jay. I work with Rebel News. I'm sorry. We're late for a Do you have any comments on the Hamas terrorist attacks? Do you condemn the attacks, the terrorist attacks? Why do you think people are trying to justify these terrorist attacks? I'm just looking for a simple comment. You have nothing to say. What are your thoughts on the, the demonstrations that we're seeing after these terrorist attacks? No comment? Do you condemn these terrorist attacks? It's just a yes or no. Do you condemn these terrorist attacks?
0: Have a great day. Goodbye. Why won't they just say, of course I'm against terrorism? Why why won't they say that? And then there's the positively false anti-Israel statements made by the government. Here's the foreign minister, Melanie Jolie, with a tweet that can only be taken to mean that she is accusing Israel of having bombed a hospital in Gaza. Bombing a hospital is an unthinkable act and there is no doubt that doing so is absolutely illegal. 1.6 million views when I last checked, but, but it's false, that tweet, the accusation. Several days ago, made by Hamas terrorists, was that Israel shot a missile at a hospital and killed 500 Palestinian civilians. It was instantly repeated by the legacy media, which so dearly wanted it to be true so they could justify their moral equivalence between Hamas's brutal attacks on civilians by now claiming that, well, Israel does that too. But it was very quickly proved to be a lie. No one less than Al Jazeera showed that it was a Palestinian terrorist rocket shot against Israel that, in fact, crashed on top of the hospital instead of making it all the way to Israel to get the Jews. Other video clips confirm this. This was later confirmed by Joe Biden and the Pentagon. More to the point, by the next morning, in daylight, it was evident that the hospital was still standing. It was not a high explosive missile that would have left a huge crater. It was a broken terrorist rocket, which obviously destroyed a bunch of cars in the parking lot, but actually didn't, didn't really damage the hospital at all. It's still standing. Even the solar panels on the roof are, are fine. They're not even cracked. There was some broken stained glass and no 500 people were not killed. Every single element of the accusation was proved false. Though the political damage was done, riots around the Muslim world, which now holds it as true. And when I say around the Muslim world, of course that includes Europe these days. But my point is Melanie Jolie put up her tweet the next day when the truth about it was already known for a day. And the tweet is still up there now. Why? A month ago, the entire political class in Canada was embarrassed or claimed they were embarrassed at having saluted a 98-year-old Nazi SS officer. And rightly so. But to be fair, most of them didn't really think about what they were doing. They they just sort of applauded because everyone else was. They, They weren't thinking about it. But this tweet by Melanie Jolie, this statement wasn't something spontaneous or personal. That's an official government Twitter account run by Jolie's staff. It was a planned statement, planned in the face of the true facts. It was a lie on purpose. Why? Why are chants of death to the Jews, why are calls for violent riots, why is anti-Semitism targeting Jews? And I say Jews as opposed to Israel, the country. I mean, Canadian Jews, some of them might be Israeli, but but Canadian Jews living in Canada have nothing to do with Israel. Why are attacks on them unreported or underreported or, or ignored? The whole country, the whole establishment went nuts when an obvious plant, an agent provocateur, an obvious Fed briefly waved a, waved a swastika flag at the Chateau Laurier in Ottawa, just long enough for a photog- photographer to shoot it, as luck would have it during the trucker convoy. Oh, and that was news forever, used to condemn all the truckers to this day. One swastika flag that only one photographer saw. There have been actual flags of actually banned terrorist groups. The Nazis are not banned in Canada, by the way. Their flag is not illegal, by the way. But the Taliban and Islamic Jihad and Hamas, they are literally criminal organizations in Canada, and their flags are being flown in Canada, or rallies full of cops with not so much as a single arrest, let alone a press report. Chance calling for the murder of every Jew in Israel. That's what from the river to the sea means, kill every Jew from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. No problem, support Hamas, no problem. Why, Why is that no problem? Remember the reason for all these rallies and riots in the first place? It was Hamas's terrorist attack against Jewish civilians in Israel. Israel proper, by the way, not a settlement in the West Bank not a settlement in the Gaza Strip that has been under Palestinian control since 2005. Hamas butchered and tortured and raped and kidnapped 1,400, 1,500 Jews with an emphasis on women and children and even babies. And that attack on civilians was the cause for celebration and rallies. Think about that. And let me bring it back to the Nazi example. Imagine if, when the truth about the concentration camps was discovered, If around the world there had been triumphant rallies celebrating the murder and torture of Jews, calling for more, supporting the Nazi cruelty, calling for the eradication of any remaining Jews and not just calling for it, actually doing it where they can, like here, uh, in an attack on a synagogue in Tunisia yesterday. You don't have to go that far away. Here's an attack targeting a rabbi in Vancouver or threats against Jewish school children in Toronto. I have seen no government MP, certainly not Trudeau, condemn those hate rallies. Have you? They were so embarrassed by a ninety eight year old Nazi, but they're silent in the face of a twenty eight year old Nazi. Listen to this young woman and look at her earrings.
1: Hamas is not a terrorist group. Oh, it isn't, ma'am. First of all, Hamas is not a terrorist group. Hamas is not a terrorist group. What is it, like a motorcycle club?
2: It is a resistance that has been fuming for 75 years of colonialism, of occupation, of murder, of rape, of little children, of women. That's what they are, they are resistance.
1: Do you think Canada is everything, a colonialist country too?
3: Everything or? that they do is justified.
1: Including what thing. happened last week?
3: Every single thing they have done is justified.
1: Ma'am, there were children murdered, there were babies beheaded.
4: Oh. Babies beheaded, really? Please educate yourself.
0: Yes, yeah, swap out the Arabic script on her shirt for German lettering. G- give her a German accent, give her a swastika, but but have her say the exact same words about the Jews, but make it Jews murdered in Europe rather than Jews murdered in Israel. Like don't change anything she says, just change who she is and then multiply that by 10,000 times across the country. We have a Nazi problem on our hands. Why are the powers that be silent? Not a single human rights commissioner in this country is speaking out, let alone investigating or prosecuting. You know, I saw, I don't know if you saw this, the Saskatchewan human rights commissioner resigned the other day in a huff over Premier Scott Moe bringing in parental rights laws to give parents a heads up if their young kids start to transition their gender in schools. So that's enough to move the human rights commissioner to resign. But none have issued even a press release about the hate celebrations across Canada. Not a word. Not a peep from the Canadian Race Relations Foundation. Not one word. They're run by a pro-Hamas Islamist. Not a peep from the so-called anti-hate network. They're pro-Hamas as well. Just nothing from the official good people. Why? Well, it gets so much worse. Look at this. This is dug up by citizen journalists, certainly not anyone at the CBC. CBC aren't allowed to dig this sort of thing up they're not even allowed to call Hamas terrorists let me show you some info that I found uh, from this Twitter citizen journalist will Ikra Khalid and Omar al-Gabra those are two Trudeau MPs commit to stop meeting with those who praise the slaughter of Canadian Jewish civilians they have previously met with Rashad Saleh Abu Samir one of the founders of Palestine House, and Nabil Nasser. Okay, let me take you through some more of their tweets. On October 7, during the massacres, Saleh says, There is no doubt that what has occurred today on the Israeli-Palestinian front has gladdened the sons of Palestine in the land and in the diaspora. Without exception, our strength and dignity has returned to us. Really. So massacring children and torturing women and raping them has returned your dignity to you, really. They're thrilled about the massacre, but they warned about being too public about it, in English at least. Here's the next tweet from these folks, urging caution on joining public celebrations. Quote, the other point is that it was announced on social media, and this is very dangerous because everything is translated immediately. And if the other side, the Zionists, want to create a problem, this is a great opportunity. So... They're all thrilled with the massacre, but they're saying, don't put it in writing, folks. Some of the more excitable bigots want to go full pogrom, but the smarter ones warn against it for now. I'll read the next tweet. His followers get angry at him. Wow, wow, why this tendency to refuse to join? Are you against this operation? He reassures them, I tell you that I am very happy with what happened and is happening. And then here's the next one. This is good research by citizen journalists. You don't have to pay $1.5 billion to, unlike the CBC. Another community member says, we are overjoyed by the killing of every Zionist, but in this country, Canada, we cannot express our emotions honestly. Necessity creates prohibitions. Oh, okay. Look at the photos here. I don't know if you can see the one with Omar al-Gabra and Elizabeth May of the Green Party on there. They're, they're not just meeting with people who want a Palestinian state. You know, that's that's a political debate. They're meeting with people who want to murder the Jews, who celebrate the murder of Jews, who are thrilled by it, whose hearts are gladdened by it. They're meeting with the young version of Yaroslav Hunka. Why the double standard, I ask again. Well... Here's a clue. Remember I told you once about the town of Rotherham, the city, Rotherham in the United Kingdom, about a quarter million people in Rotherham proper, and 1,400 or actually more of the women in that city have been raped, minimum. It's probably double that. So a quarter million people, 125,000 women in this city altogether, and 1,400 have been raped. Almost every family would know a rape victim. How? Who? How did it happen? And by the way, they they weren't just raped once. They were raped again and again, night after night, girls as young as 11 years old, targeting girls that age, taken to what were called rape rooms where men would take turns raping them. How? How did this go on for years, by the way? It happened because the 1,400 girls were working-class white girls, poor. And the rapists were almost all Pakistani Muslims. Here's Majid Nawaz, a Pakistani Muslim, pointing out how that just made everyone shut up about it. Social workers, nurses, police, the media, everyone was too afraid to talk about it because they were Pakistani Muslims doing the raping. Listen to Majid. For too long in this country,
4: uh, we... Media, the establishment, society, the chattering classes, the liberal elite, whatever term you want to use, have ignored the issue of grooming gangs, of young, vulnerable teenage girls who have been uh, victimised, drugged and raped and abused whether it's the Rotherham case or all the other cases that were replicated across the country, uh, it is both the conclusion of the prosecutor uh, in the Rotherham case, British-Pakistani-Muslim Nazir Abzal, or indeed the official inquiry into why it took so long for these young, vulnerable, underage girls uh, to get justice. Uh, Both of those concluded that fears of racism prevented us from coming to the defence of vulnerable, underage girls. Fears of racism meaning... Uh, that the state was scared that it would be accused of being racist if it rightly arrested and prosecuted British-Pakistani largely, British-Pakistani Muslim men uh, in their abuse of underage white teenage girls. And so from fear of appearing racist, there was a silence across the country as multiple cases of grooming gangs emerged up and down the country as evidenced now due to multiple uh, uh, prosecutions, successful prosecutions, but sadly and unfortunately too late. If we hadn't all been silent, if we had all addressed this issue head on when it needed to be addressed, when it was time to address it, then the void would not have emerged for the populist agitators to fill that gap and become popular, actually, as a result of addressing what is a legitimate issue. They ended up hijacking what should have been the concern of every right-minded citizen in this country. And, unfortunately, it takes a bit of courage to address something uh, that people will hurl abuse at you for talking about. I know on this show, on on my own show on the weekends, um, I've tried to book... Uh, certain MPs to come on and address the issue of grooming gangs and on multiple times they've had to back away from fear of the backlash. We recall Sarah Champion who in the Labour Party attempted to address this and lost her position in the front bench as a result there have been multiple cases now, and it's beyond any level of doubt that there's a disproportionate number of British Muslims involved in grooming gangs against underage white girls. And to say that is to, say, is to report on the facts. Uh, it's not to be racist. And if, if we're backing away from this conversation, then all we're doing is, is, is leaving the ground far open in what is a legitimate issue that requires addressing we're leaving the ground for the populists to hijack that legitimate issue and make it their own for their own nefarious purposes and that's precisely what's been going on and it's in it's, it's in that regard that what i'm saying here is i just wish i wish that those young girls had seen justice served for them as fast as the judge served Tommy Robinson justice in this case. Because in this case, it's very easy for us to pick on the bogeyman. But actually the truth is that our silence over decades in this country is the real bogeyman. And that's the real thing we should despise, our own cowardice in the face of grooming of young girls up and down this country and our conspiracy of silence.
0: There are other rape gangs across the UK and they exist for the same reason. People are afraid to condemn them because they're worried they'll be called racist, not rapist, racist. Apparently racism is worse, worse than rape. There was an official commission of inquiry into these mass rapes in Rotherham 10 years after they were around. You can, you can find the commission report online very quickly, just Google Rotherham Rape Commission. Then open that document and do a, do a word search, do you know what I mean? Just search for the word racism or racist. You'll find again and again people in authority saying they didn't dare speak out about this mass rape of 1,400 girls because they didn't want to be called racist, which brings us back to Canada. We are witnessing in Israel a wave of Stone Age violence and barbarity, not seen since the Nazis, but actually worse. Because Hitler hid the worst of his cruelty, knowing that not even ordinary Germans would countenance that. But the Hamas terrorists brazenly displayed their cruelty. They live streamed it. Even now, they officially publish their hostage videos. They want the world to know. In that way, they're, they're even more diabolical than the Nazis. And we have wave after wave of sympathizers for these new Nazis in the West, on campuses, in the media, in political parties, even in the police. Show me an arrest in Canada for anyone supporting the criminal terrorist organization Hamas, even though Hamas is on the list of illegal terrorist groups under the law. And thus it is illegal, under the criminal code, to participate, facilitate, instruct, or harbor the terrorist group in any way. Don't tell me we haven't seen participation and facilitation of terrorist groups. They've been flying their damn flags. Not one arrest. Some people say, Ezra, stop talking so much about Israel. What about Canada? Well, everything I've just said is about Canada. We have tens of thousands of Nazi supporters in Canada, not just Yaroslav Hanka, who's 98. I'm talking about today in our schools, our universities, our institutions, even in our parliament. And they just speak Arabic or Farsi now. They're not speaking German now. And they're 18 or 28, not 98 years old. My whole monologue today, it is about Canada and the place we have become and the place we are going. Doesn't that worry you as a Canadian? Next up, I will give you an update from Israel by our reporter on the ground, Avi Yamini. That's next.
2: Ezra, yes, tonight we're in Ashkelon, uh, not too far from the Gaza border. That's where we've been kind of stationing ourselves staying here so that we can kind of access uh, the gaza border towns and um military uh, movements around the gaza border but it also gives us access to jerusalem and um of course up to the north which we uh we, we went yesterday but um today we, we we went slightly up north to kind of catch up with uh, a citizen run uh, I don't know what to call it, I guess it's a... a, a an, they've they've organised their citizens to help the victims of the um, Nova Party. The, the, you know, a place to go and seek me- uh, help, so uh, psychological. So there are still many in hospital, and when they come out of hospital, those that didn't actually physically get injured but bear the mental uh, wounds, um, They can come to this place that's been set up, that has all these psychologists, psychiatrists, um, all these beds and masseuses. And the thing that was really fascinating about it is it was all volunteer run by civilians. Um, This was not a a government uh, set up thing. And it started, from what I understand, by a small group in a park that came to help them out. Um, when, when I, some of them say they felt a bit lost because everybody was talking about the victims in the homes, in the communities, the families that were butchered and also the murdered and and kidnapped um, victims from the party. But then, then the survivors, uh, they didn't. They kind of had. They were left with nothing. And a lot of them, it was actually the survivor that pulled us up on the side of the street that that took us there. Um, he said that he, for his, his story was that his own car he didn't even have because it was still there in Bari right at the sign of, of that party so he, he took us along to see um, what the s- civilians of Israel managed to put together themselves and like I said it started with a tiny group in a park and uh, that was last week just a handful one masseuse and a small group of people just trying to get uh, all the victims together to support each other and also get them the help that they need. Now it's a massive operation. They were they were donated by one of the most uh, um, affluent um, wedding uh, um, venues have have given the place, and all the staff, we were talking to the staff there, they were all volunteers, nobody's making a dollar of it. It's just from, and, and, it, and it kind of demonstrates what you're seeing in Israel at the moment, this, this unity of the community, everyone giving what they can to make it happen. Then, from there, we've come back here to Askelon. We're getting word that in the next 24 hours, the ground invasion is set to begin. It's a a rumour. We're also reading into some of the IDF um, uh, messaging to the soldiers to come back in and to prepare for that invasion. So, tonight, we're actually going to camp out around Sterot and um, Netivot, between those two, where we can get a good overview of the movements of the military. And we'll keep you up to date tomorrow. Okay, so there were two um, explosions. The first one came and he turned to his friend, he goes, do you believe in God? And his friend said, no. And then the second one came and it exploded and they weren't, they were uninjured. And he goes, do you believe in God now? And he goes, yes. many for Rebel News in Jerusalem, Israel. And just to give you an idea of the scale, the size of the attack on Israel last Saturday, and how many people it has directly affected is just standing here covering another story. One of the victims from the Nova Party walked up to us and, and asked us to share his story. It's such a tiny country that people have either been directly affected or they know somebody that has. This is his story. <laughs>
3: And
2: people weren't worried, they just thought it's rockets like they used to. And they thought there's nothing we can do, we're in open uh, land, so we've got, we can't even get cover. The worst case scenario, one, one will drop. At this point, people didn't understand that that was just the
3: beginning. Then he uh, he suddenly
2: got a phone call from his friend who told him they're starting to fire. Get to the car. And he gets straight to the
3: car. And he sees uh, terrorists shooting. Oh,
2: the... The Mazda told her, "Don't go right, go left, because they're shooting from the right." So he turns and he, gets, and he gives a full um, acceleration. He's on a in a turbo car, and he's he's got his foot pedal to the
3: metal. And he arrives at a, at a street to the main road. To- he turns left. He sees a white Hilux. a With a... Um, with a machine
2: gun on the top, and it's just shooting everyone, and you're just seeing people drop.
3: He's, the
2: miracle he says for him is it wasn't pointed in his direction. He spun around. spun around. And then one in front of him, hundred meters, to
3: 150,
2: 120 meters, directly at him.
3: And he's and he's getting um a lot of uh, his, his car his car's taking hits. And
2: his car stopped working; it broke down in the moment. The car, so he screams to, Come on, Anashimbauto. Four people in the car, four. So they were four, the three friends were in the car, and he screams at him to get out of the
3: car. So they open the doors and they run him and two of the friends. Uh, the the his um a chavurah or yedida a
2: girlfriend not his girlfriend a a friend a, a girl that was sitting at the front in the passenger seat was um she was in shock and she didn't move and she's in a in a um a cradle position. I
3: ni omere lechaver efo yovel. What yovel? He he screamed to his <laughs> friend, "Where's yourvel Kol ze kara besniot.
2: This all happened within seconds, and he ran back. His friend runs back to the car and pulls the girl out. And at the same time, there happened to be a shotel or There was a there
3: was a
2: there was a undercover cop there, just wearing a police hat um, with a with a um, pistol, and he was covering them in that time and he the the officer that was um, covering them when his friend was pulling out a card caught was getting that uh, they started firing at him and he was shot and he was um, killed in the moment
3: he saw it in front of his own. So then they ran and one friend ran left us, and the other three Mamash uh,
2: um, uh, 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 right in um uh, uh, kilo vaten... Ma- so, they, so they took cover Mitachat atz... Rimonim Okay. He's going to show me. I'm not. My Hebrew is not that perfect, so I'm not understanding exactly where they took no, cover.
3: One percent. Oh, yes.
2: This is the photo of where they. Five hours. This is where they took cover as so Yashaftem Shama. They sat there under that tree, um, hiding, and you can hear the gunshots
3: for five to six hours. <laughs> four, four and a half to
2: five of the hours, it was just um, gunshots in the entire time. The whole time he was there,
3: he felt like every second that it
2: was going to be the end. They were going to find him,
3: and they're dead. <architecture> <technologimar> <in> huh? <sEE Brittaro> Are you every every few seconds or
2: he keeps hearing where um, somebody's being shot in their car and you can hear the horn from their head falling
3: on the on the horn.
2: Even the ambulance that came there, that didn't understand what was actually happening, they just—they were—they were, they were uh, responding to the emergency. They
3: shot him. <laughs> the only reason why you—the only place where
2: you hear these stories of such uh, such horrific stories—is in Israel because
3: uh, because they target us because we're Jewish because
2: that's how they, they raise them from when they're little kids they teach them that if you, whoever kills a jew that, that they'll
3: go to heaven <laughs>
2: So this, this, this is a a, a a new Jewish skull cup that he's just started wearing since it. He,
3: uh, <laughs> he grew
2: up in a religious home, but he he didn't really believe. <laughs>
3: and so and his other friend who was an atheist. Nafal Patsmar Ladenu, Pitsus, and Niomelo Yoni, Atamamin Beloim, Womeli Lo. A Heshniaud Patsmar Ladenu, and Niomelo Yoni, Atamamin Beloim, Womeli Ken. He goes, So there were two um,
2: explosions. The first one came and he turned to his friend. He goes, Do you believe in God? And his friend said no, and then the second one came and it exploded and they weren't, they were uninjured and he goes, you believe in God now? And he goes, yes.
3: They felt like they had a, a, a guardian angel. Because there's
2: no way they should have, uh, should have left there. If you think it's important for the world to remember to see the faces of the victims of the barbaric Hamas terror attack here in Israel last week, make sure to like, comment. But most importantly, share it far and wide because the mainstream media want you to forget. They want the world to forget what happened so that they can condemn Israel for defending herself, for trying to get back the hostages that are still caught up in Gaza. And then make sure to head over to the truth about the war. Dot com and check out all our stories some of them being censored now on mainstream platforms so it's up to you guys to share the stories and if you support our work support the mission at the truthaboutthewar.com
0: your letters to me miss rock 205 says i can't stand trudeau but did he actually condemn israel for the hospital attack or are we just presuming that well he was asked what do you make about the israeli airstrike and he condemned it he didn't repeat the words israeli airstrike but he was answering that specific question and he has not clarified he has not rephrased and he has not condemned hamas or islamic jihad now that it is clear that they're the ones who shot the rocket Ann Sumner says, I heard an audio of the terrorists saying that it looks like it was ours. What? It was ours. Yeah, there's been a lot of proof that's been released, but you don't need to take anyone's word for it. The next day, there was video and still photography of the hospital. It's still standing. Even the solar panels on the roof are not broken. There was some stained glass windows that were broken, but it was just a fire in the parking lot. The place was not demolished. There were not 500 casualties, it was all lies, and you don't need to to rely on a phone conversation or a video of the night before or Al Jazeera. You can see it was just a lie, but that doesn't matter because the, the lie got millions, billions of impressions and the correction is ignored. Well, Wolverine says, I'm extremely doubtful Hamas has any rockets with the destructive capacity as what hit the hospital. Israel said at the outset that its focus was destruction rather than precision. And if Israel did it, would it admit it? Well, uh, as you can see, the the hospital is still standing. So when you say you don't think <laughs> Hamas rocket had the explosive power. Well, um it didn't have explosive power because the hospital is still standing. Even the solar panels are uncracked. There were some cars burnt in the parking lot and apparently some stained glass windows were broken. But the whole thing was a lie. Even the truth that is in the premise of your question, I don't think a Hamas rocket could have done this. Well, it was an Islamic Jihad rocket and it didn't kill 500 people. Even that was a lie. That's our show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters in Toronto, to you at home, good night, and keep fighting for freedom.